I don't want to bring attention to any one individual, but we have this motorcycle club here, so-called, and Ken, I heard about your story. He, he got yelled at by a, a Harley woman, motorcycle woman. She was on her bike and he was on his bike, right? You got too close for comfort and she told you to back off? Is that? Yeah, yeah. Back off! Well, when some Harley chick tells you to back off, what'd you do? You backed off. <laughs> Anyhow, they're called the mild hogs, which I had to laugh. I was like, what? You know, not the wild hogs. We've seen that, right? The mild hogs. And, and what a great group. They went out last weekend and traveled all through the UP. Uh, didn't get arrested. But one of the brothers, not mentioning names, he, he, he told everybody this yesterday at men's breakfast uh, that, that he decided he saw this stretch of highway and, you know, he's on a motorcycle and he went back to his childhood apparently and he decided he was going to open it up. And he hit tri triple digits. No, it wasn't Ken. Stop looking at Ken. Not that Ken. And he told me this, and I just, I looked at him and went, what? What's wrong with you? You know, triple digits? I won't even tell you how fast it was, but it was way too fast. Unless you want to become a grease spot on the highway in the UP and have a little mile stretch named after you. Sheesh. And after I gave him a hard time, I sat down and and I started thinking about myself, and I thought, <laughs> there have been a few times I might have done that. Not really used this. Not really honored God with my life. Broken a law or two. Pastor Roger, when you said that about being behind bars, I was thinking you were literally behind the bar, you know. That, that's where I went, and, and you were thinking the bars, but yeah, I got that. So, I think all of us would have to say we've done stupid things that probably didn't honor God. That doesn't change the fact that what he did was dumb. He's got kids. And, and that was what I started thinking. I thought, alright, and I experienced this early on in my life, but is how I'm living today would I want my son or daughter doing that thing? Ask yourself that. If you don't have kids, if just pretend like you do for a minute. Or maybe you have grandkids. Would you want them doing the things that you're doing today? And it really hit me. Wow, God. I'm not sure. There are some times that... Uh, I had another moment a couple weeks ago and behind the wheel. and Barb just looked at me and went, did you really just do that? We won't go there. <laughs> that led me to today's message. And, of course, I've been preparing it. But I want to speak about the words of Jesus and how He challenged us, we, His followers, 
and I believe the church, capital C, to live lives that could be mimicked, patterned, even followed by others. And I feel like, and, and I, I would say this out loud, I don't have it up behind me, but as Christ lived, so shall I live. As Christ lived, so shall I live. Can you say that with me? As Christ lived, so shall I live. Does that make sense? He was our pattern. He was God's example of heaven on earth. And what did he say to his disciples when he first called them out? He said, come, what? Follow me. That didn't just mean... That meant do what I do. Say what I say. As Christ lives, so shall I live. So let me ask you this question. Does your witness attest to Christ living in you or does your witness just confirm your humanity? And I think you know what I mean by that, right? You, you, you understand the premise here? Because I think too often we run around in the flesh not thinking of the results. The people we're influencing, whether young or old, whether churched or unchurched. How many have ever disappointed somebody? by the way you lived your, your Christian walk. Not too many hands going up. If you're honest, you'd all be lifting them. Come on. We've all failed at times. And, and people sometimes call you out. Other times they call you out even when you didn't do anything wrong, but that's just part of being a Christian. That's that persecution thing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I believe that the Holy Spirit has given us this challenge today to drive this point home again just think about your son or daughter would you want them doing what you did this week how you lived your life this past seven days would you want them doing the very same thing were you a good enough example for them to follow or did you have all kinds of and I'm really talking about those Low spots. How many remember this? <laughs> Anybody else have a parent like that? Oh, my dad. Whew. He was a sailor. Literally. And, and he spoke like one. And he would say, don't do as I do, do as I say. No cussing. You know? Later on, he mellowed pretty much. He still cussed, but I think he knew Jesus when he went home. What is a witness? If you look this up in the dictionary, a witness is someone who sees something and is able to describe it later. It is someone that testifies or gives evidence or gives proof to something it is to a person that can confirm or substantiate that an event actually happened or didn't happen. That's what it means to be a witness. How many have witnessed God in your life? How many can say with assurity and sincerity, He changed me from the inside out? I'm different today. 
Amen. Your witness should tell people what God has done for you. When you testify, you're not testifying to how awesome. Brother Larry, you look awesome, man. You are, you are just a dignified man, and you always look good. But that's not what you're testifying about. You're testifying about the Savior and what He's done in your life. Because would you look this good without Him? No way, man. I know that. Neither would I. Exactly. We'd still be imprisoned. <laughs> but whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And that shows. Let me ask you this. Do you think somebody that's behind bars looks as good as somebody that's free? Probably not. Now, there are a lot of men and ladies who are, who are born again in prison, and I believe that helps. It helps. But they're going to look a lot better on the outside. You're going to be able to tell that those people have been born again and they're saved and they're living for God. Because it's so much easier to do it when you're free to do whatever you're challenged to do. When Jesus told us that we would be His witnesses, what was it that He was saying? Back in the book of Acts, and I've read this several times over the last few sermons that I've done. Acts 1, 4-5, of course, uh, there he's telling them to go and to wait. And, and then, let me move on here. Then he says in verse 6, and I've got this behind me, I think. Yep. Wait, that's 4. I should have had that one up first. Don't leave Jerusalem. I got it. Don't leave Jerusalem. By the way, I figured out why this wasn't working. Our, our little device back there fell down and it wasn't connecting. So I was blaming the people in the sound booth. Love, love y'all. Don't leave Jerusalem. Wait for the gift. And of course we know that that gift was the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 6, and, and I always laugh at this, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking Him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And again, you know, Jesus didn't come to bring an army with them that time. He's coming back with an army this next time. <laughs> and we're going to be a part of it, aren't we? But here, he didn't do that. He is giving people enough time to repent of their sins and allow the blood of the Lamb to save them. Because God doesn't want anyone to perish. So these... Disciples are asking Jesus at this time, when are you coming back with your army? When are we setting up your kingdom? And I love this. Listen to what he says. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. If I can paraphrase this, what he's really saying is, don't worry about it. God's got this. That's not what you should be concerned with. And then he starts talking about what's coming next. The Father alone has the authority. The Father alone knows the dates and times. But, the right side of the butt, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
Now I believe that it's not just around the globe, but it's time sensitive as well. Future sensitive. When he says to the ends, he's talking about to the end of the age. The church is being called here. You and me, if you're born again, we're being called here to be a witness for Jesus Christ. How are we doing with that? How are we doing? The Master called us to be a witness, to testify of everything He's doing in your life. And what? And you will receive power and be my witnesses. He didn't say, just go be my witnesses. He said, I'll give you the power to be my witnesses. You want to know something? You want to re- this hit me the other day. The reason that we're powerless is because we aren't witnessing. Ooh, it got quiet. Well. Walking on eggshells. I said the reason that we're powerless is because we're not witnessing. I love how the CEV puts this. But the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power. Everybody say it. Then you will tell everyone about me. You can't do it without Him. Because if you do, you're witnessing to somebody else. But once you've received the Holy Ghost, we are called to tell others. Go and tell. Go and tell. Go and tell. First the power, then the witness. But you have to be born again first. Amen? Nothing happens until you're born again. You're a seeker. Nothing happens in your life. God might show some favor on you. He might extend some mercy toward you, but you are not empowered until you become born again. That has to be step one. What does it mean to be born again? Confess your sins and receive His sacrifice. The Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Look to Him today and He'll forgive you, He'll cleanse you, and your sins will be as far as the east as far as the east is from the west. <laughs> I had to stop for a minute. What does that mean? God's not going to see him anymore. It's the only way to get right with God. No one can come to the Father but through the Son. No one. Wow. And that's what we're a witness to. Can I get a good amen? So what are we witness to? What are we telling others about? I love this. First, if you're born again, that you've had a life change. How many can say amen to that? How many's name is written in the Lamb's book of life? Hallelujah. You have nothing to worry about. If this ticker stops beating and you go to be with Jesus today, what's going to happen? Let's see, Oberlin. Yep, uh, ends. 
Norman, what's your social security number? <laughs> God already knows. You're going to be allowed into heaven. Hallelujah to that, right? Amen. Thursday night. Pastor Cameron from Onaway, my son, my oldest son, gets a call that one of his board members, Rocky, jeez, uh, his last name just went, poof. Cope, thank you. Rocky Cope had had a heart attack in the middle of a graduation service in Indian River. And my son's just like, Dad, pray with me. And we prayed. For 20 minutes, they gave him CPR because they didn't have one of those devices that brought the defib things, AEDs, whatever they are, they, they're called. Yeah, the jolter. 20 minutes. I want to ask him, when I see him, I want to ask him, what was it like? He was dead for 20 minutes. All right? They put that thing on him when they got there, hit the button, and he came back. Of course he said, man, I'm really sore, because they broke some of his ribs doing them. Do you think Rocky knew he was going? He wasn't ready. I'm guessing he had that conversation with God. Rocky, are you ready? Oh, Lord, there's still people. i got a witness. I mean, he's an amazing man. I love him. He wasn't done yet. And God did a miracle there and brought him back. And thanks to modern technology, that happened. His life is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, though. If he had gone on, his family could have rejoiced in that. But they didn't have to this time. There's a time to be born, but there's also a time to die. All of us are going to die unless we're raptured. So what else is there for us to witness to, to testify about? How about that new power, huh? Anybody else say amen to that? Now, and I'm not making fun of anybody here, but when this event happened that I just talked about with Brother uh, Rocky, it happened to be in a, a Baptist auditorium in Indian River, and his family's full-blown Pentecost. And I'm telling you, they were praying, if you know what I mean. I don't know what that did to the people there, but the power should be evident in God's people. If it's not, why not? What else do we testify to or about? How about this? A new enlightenment. How many of you before you were born again, before you were filled with the Spirit, how many of you really didn't understand God that well? But after the fact, now when you read God's Word, what does it do? It just goes... Have you ever been reading it and it's almost like God took His heavenly highlighter and just went... And you're just like... You can almost see the glory coming out of those, the, the text 
that he wants you to see. And when you read it, you go, oh, I never saw that before. I've been in the faith since 1981, and it still happens to me. And I read the Word a lot. And God shows me things I didn't see before. A new enlightenment. And that can only come from those who have a relationship with Jesus and are filled with His Spirit. Amen? How about seeing God's Word? I already said that. Sorry. Kind of went, jumped ahead. And then this one, and maybe this is the most important. A closer walk. I remember before I was born again, I knew of Jesus. I took all kinds of classes. I knew of Him. I knew there's some big being out there that I think died for me. There's a statue of Him on the cross. But that's about the extent of my relationship with Him. And I still lived like I was going to hell. And then I got born again. And all of a sudden, I had a desire to know Him more. To understand Him and to let Him into my life and let Him understand me. Not that God needs my permission. He already knows me. But you know, sometimes we got to give Him permission. That's when it gets personal. You might know somebody, you might know them really well, but have you ever given them permission to know you? That's when stuff begins to happen. That's when life really begins. The rubber meets the road. When you really let people know who you are on the inside in your deepest, darkest places as well as your awesomely exciting places. And when you do that with God and you let Him in, oh man, He rejoices. My son trusts me. My daughter trusts me. Isn't that what that relationship's all about, is trust? Let him in. Let him in. Have those conversations with him. Privately if you need to. And see what the Holy Spirit does in your life. In having that closer walk with the Lord, it also comes with a new desire to walk in holiness. I go back to what I started with. Can people follow you? Can people pattern their lives after you? If not, change. Let God work on you. Get rid of the stuff that doesn't belong. The whole Old Testament is about people trying to live purely for Jesus. For God, I should say, sorry. Then the New Testament comes and Jesus shows us how to do it. It's not under the law, but it's by grace that we're saved. It's by coming back to Him over and over and over and saying, God, I need help with this. Oh, did I fall short there. Help me, help me, help me, Rhonda, help, help. No, where's Rhonda? <laughs> help me, Jesus, help, help me, Jesus. How's that sound? Rhonda would probably help you too, but... I'd like to dispel a myth here. God can't use me because I'm a nobody and I have nothing to give. 
But you would not believe how many people fall into this trap. If that's true, then the Apostle Paul was a liar. And I don't believe he was. 1 Corinthians. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy. And that, by the way, that word wealthy means high-born when God first called you. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And He chose things that are powerless to shame those that are powerful. And God chose those things despised by the world, those low-born things, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring nothing, bring to nothing, I'm sorry, what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care how much Bible knowledge you have or don't have. I don't care what you look like, if you're beautiful or ugly. And nobody's ugly, by the way. But you know what I'm saying? You know Jesus was, the Bible says He was comely. It wasn't, he wasn't anyone that you'd go, oh, ooh, look at that rock star. No. He was a normal guy. Average. Probably got made fun of when he was a kid. Probably not after because he would have just gone, no, he wouldn't have. It doesn't matter who you are. And listen, the lower you think you are, the more God can use you. Are you getting this? Where am I going with it? Oh, you know where I'm going with it. God can use your testimony to show the world what He's all about. When you witness for Him, if you're one of these lowly people, one of these powerless people, and people see God in you, they're going to be going, ooh. They're not going to say, oh, look at Adam. They're going to say, whoa, I know Adam. He's, he's, he's Adam. But look at, look, at, look at this God in him. The glory is all over him. You're not going to get the credit. He is. Isn't that what we're all about? Is giving Him the glory. Giving Him our lives. And if, if, if you're one of those who would stand here today and say, Pastor, that's me. I, I just don't feel like God can use me. I can't witness for Him because I just don't have anything to give. You know what that is? I have an old friend from years ago that used to call it this. He called it, Say it out loud. Stinking thinking. That's what that is. If you think God can't use you, it's stinking thinking. Because that doesn't give God the glory. When you say, ah, God can't use me. You just shut off who He is. Any, any opportunity that He might have had to use you just came to an end because you said no. 
Can I get an amen? amen? And if this is you, you need to get rid of this stinking thinking. This is also devil thinking. This is why, as long as he can keep your mind on your inabilities, you will not be able to use your God-given abilities. As long as the devil can keep your mind on your inabilities, you will not be able to use your God-given abilities. And everybody has been given ability. Every single one of us. From the lowest to the highest. And I don't even know what that looks like because all of us should be humble. So we're all down here. Hear this. God chose foolish things. God chose powerless things to reveal His glory to the world. And you may not like this, but the Apostle Paul was referring to all of us. All believers are lumped into this. All of us. That's you and me. We are the foolish things. We are the powerless things that God chooses. You know what? As soon as somebody comes to me and says, hey, you should hear me speak, man. I'm telling you, I can get a crowd going. <laughs> wow. Not here. Not here. You can't. I want somebody that comes to me and says, man, I'm shook up on the inside. I know I've got to preach next Sunday, but brother, I've got butterflies. You know, there's, there's stuff going on in me right now. I just can't even explain. I'm nervous. I've been doing this 30 years. I still get nervous. Why? It isn't because I'm up here talking to you, being in front of you. That's not it at all. It's because the message I have is from God, and I get to share that, but if I miss it, it falls on me. And I don't want to let him down. And I don't want to let you down. I want you to be changed by the, by the power of God into His glory. I want you to go out of here this week supercharged for Him. Knowing what you're expected to do. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? Our witness testifies about God. I'm going to jump down. But just to say this, I'm going to skip that one, but just to say, you already said, well, you already left. Where'd he go? You already said this. <laughs> when I'm weak, God's strong. I'm, I'm back there going, you stinker, you did it again. You know, I'm starting to think you're coming in looking over my shoulder when I'm looking at my notes. What does that mean? This is my paraphrase, if you'll allow me. So don't go out and try to quote this. When it's not all about me, I should write for the message. When it's not all about me, my talent, my ability, my charming personality, or my lack of talent, my inability, my lack of personality, then it becomes all about Him to His glory. 
Are you hearing that? So whether you got it or you don't, it don't matter because when you're weak, He's strong. If you think you got it, you don't got it. You may have something, but it isn't Him. And nobody needs any of you. They need Jesus. They need His Holy Spirit. Here's an example, a great example, of what it means to be a witness. I've got the, whatever, the reference here behind me. Harry Rimmer told the story of a man who had just entered the army. I'm thinking it's a British army too, you'll see why in a minute. He faced a real test the first night he went into the barracks. The young man had a habit of placing his Bible on his bed at home and kneeling down to read a chapter while his daily prayer time, excuse me, having his daily prayer time before going to bed. Anybody else do that? Nope. A couple of you? Now, if you've ever been in a barracks, how many know that there's no privacy? Everybody sees what's going on or hears what's going on. You are not alone. And whatever you do is visible. And that was the case as this young soldier retired for the night. Surrounded by a bunch of men, many of them cursing and fooling around like we often see the unchurched behave. The young soldier thought it might be wiser to go to bed and then read his Bible where nobody would notice. Now, I don't know if he's thinking of getting under the covers and using his little pen light flashlight. I'm not sure what he meant. But he caught himself and he said, I am a Christian and I ought to give these fellows a testimony. First reason I thought this was British. I won't strike my colors. Second reason. And what that means is, if you don't know this, is surrender my faith. He's saying, I won't surrender my faith. I won't strike my colors. I'll do just as I did at home. Curious question. Hearing this, how many of you would do the same? There's a couple of you. Most of us are really thinking about that. Hmm, not sure. So the courageous young man, undressed, got into his sleeping garments, next reason I thought it was British, and laid out his Bible on his cot. He then knelt and started to read, and in two minutes the barracks got as quiet as a church. He felt like a goldfish in a glass bowl. After he finished, he, the talk began again, and nothing was said about what might have been seen as odd behavior. You still with me? But then the next night came, and again, he opened his Bible, he knelt to read. Eight other young men dug out their Bibles and did the same. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> and listen to this. And within a month, every man in that outfit would have fought for that Bible reading soldier. In fact, they brought their troubles to him, they brought their questions to be settled to him. And he influenced more men for Christ in that one barracks than half a dozen chaplains could have done in a year of Sundays. That's what it means to witness. 
You see, we've been convinced that we need to hide anything and everything that represents Jesus. When the opposite is true. We should be more outspoken, more outgoing than we have ever been before. Whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in school, whether it's in our community spaces, all of us should be representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. If you're in your common ground groups, I had in here to read 1 Peter 3. I guess I could read that. The Apostle Peter, I believe he was dealing with something very similar to what we're talking about here. He says, Who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But, even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will what? Reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. How many have ever been threatened? Hey, shut up, man! Stop talking about Jesus! Anybody? I've I've experienced that. Peter went on, Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. Nobody else is the Lord of your life, just Christ. And if someone asks you, and this is the part I want you to see, if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. So you don't necessarily have to go out and say, I love Jesus. How about you? You don't have to do that. Live your life so well that people will notice Open the door for people. When that grandma comes along, stop and hold it. You may get some women's liver that says, I don't need you to do that. I've had that happen. Oh well. But people are going to notice that you're different. I try to get my wife's door. I don't do so well. My son Andy does really well with us and Sarah. He, he is... Man, does he dote over her. But anyway, I've talked about him before. Maybe on Father's Day I'll touch more. Oh, there he is over there. Hi, Andy. Everybody say hi, Andy. Love you. I think I said this before. He, he's an embarrassment for the rest of us men in a good way. He's how we should be. His witness says, I love my wife. And I would do anything for her. Our witness should say, I love Jesus, and I would do anything for him. Anything. Where was I? Oh, speaking of respect, do this in gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. If you're calling somebody a dummy, that's not keeping your conscience clear. If you're mad at somebody because they threatened you or they told you to shut up, that's not keeping your conscience clear. If we, can, if we can get ourselves to the place when somebody starts chewing on us, 
to start blessing them back. I could tell right now you're mad at me, are you? Jeff, I'm, I'm sorry I offended you, man. What? What do you mean, bleepity bleep bleep bleep? You said that to me? Oh, God, bless Brother Jeff. Lord, I know he doesn't mean it. Or maybe he does, but still bless him. And I'm just using him as, as an example. But when that guy cuts you off in traffic, instead of calling him something, call him blessed. You're going to make the devil mad. He's going to, he's going to stop having people cut you off. Because you're out there blessing them. He wants you to curse them. I think this is pretty good preaching. I, I, I'm not sure yet, but maybe it's... Peter said we're to do good at all times, taking away any reason for people to threaten us, but if they still threaten us, don't worry or be afraid because God's got your back. Worship Christ with your life and always be ready to explain why you do so. That's what it means to be a witness for Jesus. As I begin to close, and I know I had some other stuff here. Bloom where you're planted. That was a good one. As Christ lives, so shall I live. We talked about that. Go tell. All right. Years ago, when I worked at what was then Oldsmobile, now it's General Motors, but, and I've told this story before, but I worked with guys like were in that barracks. I mean, they were rough. They were tough. They would catcall. They would, yikes. Cussing all the time, telling profane jokes. And when I first got hired into that engineering facility, I determined in my own life and in my own heart that I was going to live for Jesus. And I did what that young man did. When it came time to eat, whether it was lunch or dinner, I always prayed. I never forgot it. Why? Because they were watching me. They may not have been, but they were watching me. They're watching you. They're watching every single move you make. Because they want you to fail. They want you to trip up. Because if you do, it releases them from all sinful indemnity. If God can't even help them, how's He going to help me? So I purposed to pray. In my, on my lunch breaks or, or on my breaks, I would pull my Bible out and I would read. And a lot of times, and I'm just being honest, these guys would come out with centerfold. Hey, Norm, what do you think about this? Well, I'm reading the Word. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And I'd get angry inside. Really? This is God's Word, man. Really, that's the kind of respect you have for me? I didn't say that, but I wanted to. Instead, I'd pray. God, get a hold of their hearts. They don't know the difference. They don't know what's right. Because they don't have Jesus. And one day, one of the roughest in our bunch, he looks at me 
grabs his belt. I hope this works. I thought I was getting a whipping. Because that's the kind of guy. I'd seen him stand off with people before. I was expecting this was coming my way. So I braced myself. Because we were talking about Jesus. He took his belt thing off. Here. I want you to have this. And I just went, wow. That's it. I was hoping my pants wouldn't fall down after I did that. God can use you. By the way, I wasn't a pastor back then. I went to church. I prayed. I read my Bible, but I wasn't anybody. Not that I am now. I was just like you. And God used me. I touched a heartstring that I had never seen touched in that person before. And there were a couple other moments like that later. But this one really hit me because I knew it came from his heart. And I still have it today. What can God do with you? Bloom where you're planted. You want me to answer that? I will. Hi, this is Pastor Norm. Yeah, my home church. Yeah, we're just about ready to get out of service. You can talk to him in a minute. I told you I was going to embarrass people today. I hope it's not me. Would you stand with me? As people watch you, will they see the Christ living in you or will they see your humanity? We're told to be witnesses. We're told to go and tell, and we have so much to tell. You know what? You newbies, if you've just recently been born again, I'm telling you, you are connected better than any one of us that have been in the faith for a long time because you're still hanging with sinners. And right now is the best time for you to reach out to those sinner friends of yours and say, hey, let me tell you about what happened to me. That doesn't let the rest of us off the hook. We need to be creative, reaching out to our family and our friends, our neighbors. We need to look like we're not coming after them so we can hold the trophy up. Because that never works. You're doing it to the glory of God. The only reason you're doing it is because you fear for their souls. There's a real hell, but there's a real heaven. And you want them to live forever with you in heaven. That's our purpose. That's why we go after the sinners, the unchurched. It isn't so we can... Look what I've done. So we can bring along, help along, drag along as many of them as we can get to God's glory. 
But if we don't represent Jesus every day, if we don't testify of His love and His mercy and His power and His grace, who will? You think the devil's going to? Yeah, you might as a masquerader, but it's not going to lead people to Jesus. It'll lead them away. So I ask today with every head bowed, eyes closed, as you're here today, how many can say with, without reservation, Pastor, I've, I've been that witness. I've been going out. I've been telling people about Jesus, what he's done in my life. I let him use me. When I'm weak, I'm, he's strong. I know that, and I live my life that way. If that's you, lift your hand. Thank you. Probably 15, 20 hands out of 150. <laughs> Hello. I want you to pray with me. I'm not going to drag this out anymore. I just really feel like the, the Lord would say, you know what, pray with them and end. If they really choose to become a witness for me. I'll be with them. I'll empower them. The Bible says if you open your mouth, he'll fill it. If you're supposed to tell somebody something, he'll bring back to your remembrance whatever it is that you've studied and sometimes even the things you didn't. I've seen that happen. So I'm going to assume there are about 130, 140 people in here that uh, need to pray this prayer. And that leads me to believe that the Holy Spirit was accurate in this message today. You see, folks, Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back soon. And he wants every single person he can get a hold of. He wants them in his church forever. He didn't send an army because we are the army. We are the witness. We're the testifiers. We're the ones that are going to help bring these people in. And that's by God's design. So would you pray this prayer with me if you didn't raise your hand? And even if you did, pray this with me. Heavenly Father, forgive me for not being the witness that you've called me to be. For not testifying about the glorious things that you've done in me, that you've done for me, the things you prevented from hurting me, all the blessings of God, and most important, your presence is with me. Forgive me, Lord, for not testifying to that. So today, get rid of that stinking thinking Get rid of that fear. For God did not give me a spirit of fear, but one of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Help me to be that person. To share my witness. To get a hold of whoever I can grab with the good news of Jesus and all the things you've done in my life. Get rid of the devilish thinking that tries to tell me that I can't do it. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And let that be my motto. 
all the days I have left. And may your church be filled, capital C, as we enter these last days. Now use me, Lord. I give you permission in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God the glory. I went a little over, but I felt like it was important today. Man, get out there and tell people. Go and tell people. There's not much time left. Invite them over for a hamburger. Tell them you love them. There's going to be more coming. I'm not going to share it today, but I'll, I'll tell you next week. Next Sunday, ah, bring people. Next Saturday, be healthy, be healed. What, well, what else? Lord, there's one other thing I was supposed to remember. Help me. And then I'll pray and close. Oh, most important maybe, if you're here today, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you come on up here, you talk to me. Could I have my prayer partners come up if you're in here still? If you didn't leave on me? Oh, I see. Rosemary was ready to sneak out because she's having common ground at her house and she was going to go get it ready. But God will bless that. So don't anybody show up at Rosemary's until she gets there. But if you need prayer, if you need Jesus, talk to any one of us. We'll pray with you. I'm telling you, you got to start born again, number one. Father, thank you again for everything you're doing in this church. God, I pray that none of us would get in the way, but that you would be able to move as only you can move. And Lord, today I just ask that you would bless each one here as they come and go. Bless our time of fellowship after uh, the snacks, the coffee out there. And again, uh, bless our common grounds this afternoon. We ask all of this in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.